Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome back, people of the Nerd Herd, to a wonderful and fun installment of the Real Film Nerds. This week, we are doing a legacy cast. Legacy, 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 legacy. <laughs> nice. And this time, as you just heard, Mr. Santos is not involved, Mr. Mile High Show. So this week, we might actually talk about the movie. Yeah, we, we are definitely going to talk about the movie, Matt. Welcome, Shoeless Mike. What movie are we talking about, buddy? So, uh, somebody actually wrote back to us. So, out of the, the, I think we're up to like 20, 20 consistent listeners. No way. Uh, we're, no, I think we're still around at least six or seven, but we did get an email from one of them. Okay, we got an email from one of them, and they And suggested- do you know who that is? No, I don't. Her name is Christine. She's a very lovely person. She's very kind. And she suggested one of her favorite movies of all time and one of her favorite actors. And what is that, Mike? Shaun of the Dead. Starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Uh, directed by Edgar Wright. And I will read you a quick synops- uh, synopsis real quick. Uh, Sean doesn't have a very good day. So he decides to turn his life around by getting his ex to take him back. But he times it for the right in the middle when there may be a zombie apocalypse. But for him, it's an opportunity to show everyone he knows how useful he is by saving them all. All he has to do is survive and get his ex back. Nice. That's a pretty good storyline there. Yeah, yeah, this this movie is essentially a love story with a zombie apocalypse in the background. Well, and it's also in one of, I think, one of your and one of my favorite kind of sub-genres. It is a comedy horror movie. Yeah, yeah, it is a comedy horror movie. It's it's very well done, even even though it's British. Well, and that's one thing I really like about it is that I ha- personally have a really hard time with British humor, being an American, I have a really hard time understanding their slang, some of their mannerisms and things like that. And this movie, I hate to say that they catered to Americans, but they definitely toned down a lot of their slang. A lot of the things that they would say that everyday British people would get, but Americans would not. I I, I applaud them for that because I was able to understand this entire movie. Yeah, I guess that's true. They don't do some of the some of the references of the different things, like talking about the car, like apartments or flats, and uh, you know, cars, bonnet, and the boot, and all this stuff. Like, unless you're really familiar with a lot of the the British terms for things, it, it could be like, what are they talking about? Well, and it might just be Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. You know, the the co-write... Well, it's Edgar Wright that co-wrote it. Sorry, I thought Nick Frost uh, co-wrote it. Anyways. No, it's Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright uh, wrote it. Yeah, I thought Nick Frost uh, co-wrote it. Anyways, never mind. It could just be their humor and their writing and how maybe they're a little bit more Americanized than the average British actor. I don't know. But a lot of the humor is more American. It's more out there and in front of you, it's not really dry because most British humor is fairly dry. And this movie is not. 
No, I didn't think it was dry at all. Um, they they do a lot of um, harpening back to this one single place that they go to all the time. And I found it got funnier and funnier as the movie keeps progressing. It's one of those jokes that they just kind of like the long joke. They just kind of keep doing it. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really funny. Now, Mike, why don't you uh, tell our listeners that of a fun thing they can do while watching this movie that we were discussing before we started recording? Yeah, I was thinking that uh, if if you had a drinking game to every time any one of the characters in the movie says the Winchester, uh, it would be even more of a fun movie. Cause I, you might not even make it to the end, though, because they say it so much, especially around the middle part of the movie towards the end. They say it a million times. In fact, they do go to the Winchester quite a bit, but they talk about going to the Winchester quite a bit as well. So basically, if you're going to play this as a drinking game, you would probably want to use a different kind of liquor other than Everclear or Jack Daniels. Yeah, I would I would say like maybe a beer or like a, a glass of wine, something like that. And maybe you can make the whole movie. Otherwise, if you're, if you're using some of those liquors that Matt said, you're only going to make it to about halfway through the movie and then it's nighty night time, I guess. Well, I think that depends on your level of drinking. Like, I think if you and I did it with Jack Daniels, we'd probably be all right because we're professional drinkers. Yeah, I guess I guess we could maybe make it. I don't know. That would be a lot of Jack Daniels, Matt. Yeah, you know, I probably just couldn't afford it. Well, besides that. <laughs> but this this movie for me was also the first time I was really introduced to Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I don't think I had heard of them at all before this movie. Well, I was turned on to them before this through a television show that they made called Spaced. Now, I don't want to ruin it for anybody because I definitely think if you're a fan of this movie and you're a fan of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and Edgar Wright and all these guys, that you should go and find a copy of Spaced and watch that TV show because it is hilarious. Oh, I haven't actually seen that. So maybe I will uh, work to acquire that or at least uh, try and stream it or, or Netflix or something, you know? Yeah, at one point in time, I think it was on, it was either on Netflix or on Hulu or maybe it was Amazon. It was on one of the big streamers and you could go and watch it on there. That's not where I saw it. I actually got the DVDs for a while, so. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's a fun show. It's a fun one. If you like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, well worth a watch. Yeah, because like because of the, their team up of in this movie, I watched a lot of the movies that they did afterwards, like uh, Hot Fuzz and um, what's the space uh, movie with the the Matt? You got that three DVD blue oh, yeah. uh, pack. At, it's at the world's end, and actually, yeah. Shaun of the Dead is part of the trilogy. The trilogy is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and then At the World's End. And if you pay attention to the movies, there's a lot of references back and forth between the three, even though they're two separate kind of standalone movies with different characters and different backgrounds and different everything. There's a lot of um, crossover in the movies, like in Shaun of the Dead, for instance, he looks at the camera. Well, he doesn't look at the camera. Maybe he does. He looks at his friends, and then I think it cuts to Simon Pegg looking at the camera, and he said, what, you've never taken a shortcut? And he goes to jump over a fence, and instead of clearing the fence, the fence collapses. Well, yeah. 
in Hot Fuzz, he does that exact same thing. He says that exact same line to Nick Frost, and then he jumps over like six fences. He does like a flip and like a twirl and a bunch of shit going up and over a bunch of these fences. And I, that's so, that's an example of how these movies cross. Like all three of them have things like this that they, that relate all three of them together. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good example. I have to say my favorite out of all three of them is probably Shaun of the Dead. Hot Fuzz is a close second. At World's End kind of fell flat for me. It, it was fun. It was interesting. It was a really cool story, but it wasn't as smart and as funny as Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, I think Shaun of the Dead was just so unique and it was it was a good it was a good approach to the zombie film and uh it, it was just fun because it was just looking at this guy's particular life and um you know, right now it it wasn't going that well and he was trying to figure stuff out, but every time he, he kinda screwed up, like every time he turned around there was something he messed up. He didn't schedule dinner or he didn't bring his mom flowers or whatever. Like he has all these problems. He kinda lives he has two roommates and one of his roommates not very um useful uh to I guess life. I don't know. His uh the Nick Frost character doesn't really bring a lot to him. I, I enjoyed the movie though. It, it, it was uh, it was fun. There's there's a long shot where he goes to the convenience store and he's uh, uh, getting I think some beers actually. No, uh, he. Well, what's he getting? The first shot where it is not the zombie apocalypse yet. He yeah. walks in there and he just grabs a coke and oh, reads. Okay. I don't know if he grabs a newspaper, but he definitely reads the newspaper because he harkens back to that later. But that, for me, like I think where you're probably going, is one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie is those two shots. Because you have the one that's pre-apocalyptic zombie takeover and one that's post-apocalyptic zombie takeover. And how they shot it and how... They just keep going with it when he's in the post-apocalyptic and all the different things that were in the pre-apocalyptic, like he runs across like the people and the car and the things that are in the convenience store. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really good. And what's funny too, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but in the first one, the pre-apocalyptic before he gets in the fight with his girlfriend and she breaks up with him and everything, he grabs a regular Coke. When he goes back, besides the bloody handprints and the bloody slips on, in the convenience store, after getting the soda, he doesn't get a Coke. He gets a Diet Coke. I mean, it's just little subtly, subtles that like that that are just pretty. Yeah. Well, I just liked how the technical aspect of doing doing a, a continuous shot like that, all the people have to be in the right place. And like he has to like wa- like because he kind of walks across the frame not really noticing them. But the camera gets all of all these like zombies kind of walking towards him, and then when he's in, yeah, when he's in the convenience store, not noticing the blood, slipping on the blood, like the bloody handprints, and yeah. then the convenience store owner, which is now a zombie, is slowly walking towards him, but he doesn't see him, and just yells to him and is like, "Oh, I'm just gonna, I, I, I'm like 15 pence short." Oh, so I'll get you next time. And then he, like, leaves. Yeah, and, <laughs> and this is where he harkens back. He's also asking where the papers are. 
Ah, he okay. puts he puts the money down and he's like, oh, I think I owe you 15 quid or something like that. And he puts it down. And he's like, where's the papers? There's no papers. Then he just keeps walking. So is that your favorite part of the movie, Mike? I, I, I like that part. And I also like like uh, when they get to the Winchester and they talk about and the Winchester is, you know, a gun that hangs above the bar that is known as the Winchester. And then they like zoom in on the, the gun. <laughs> like, yeah, I, that was good. I, I like that. I like that. That, and it's not just a Winchester; it's the old school lever action uh, rifles that they used to run around with in the eighteen hundreds and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. very ornate. It's a very beautiful gun. Yeah, it, it, I mean, this movie's all uh, just a lot of fun. Um, it was so different when it came out. Um, I just really enjoyed it. Matt, what what is uh, your uh, favorite scene? Uh, I guess oh. you just said your favorite scene, but uh. well, I like that scene with that uh, the intro and all that stuff. I like all that throughout. They do that multiple times. Where, like for instance, there's the one part where they're driving to his mom's house to go rescue his mom from his uh, stepdad who's been bit. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, trying yeah. to look up the actor's name. I forgot the actor that plays his stepdad, but he's a very big, well-known actor. I've- oh, yeah. He's a very famous British actor. Yeah. yeah he's huge. He was in um, uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the um, He played um, uh, Davy Jones. I don't remember the actor actor's name, though. Anyways, he, if you saw him, you'd know him, and you'd be like, oh, how the... Why is this guy in this low-budget zombie movie? But he is. And that's what's really cool. And he plays a pivotal part, an interesting part. Anyways, I like that when they're driving to his mom's house and they keep doing that same thing where they're like panning away and there's like an ambulance with a body bag and a gurney sticking out of it and the zombie and a zombie's clearly in the body bag trying to get out and moving around. I just like all that kind of stuff that's in the background that they point out. I really like that. It's kind of neat. That's fun. Yeah, I guess another fun scene in this movie is when they're talking about their plan to go over to his mom's house, and they kind of are, are visualizing it, and then they actually show it to you as as the um, film watcher, the plan, and like they keep changing it. So it's like, I'm going to go get my mom, we're going to go do this, and then we're going to go over here, and then we're going to drink tea. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. He's like, well, okay, what, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, why don't we go to the Winchester? Okay, well, I'm going to get my mom. We're going to go here. We're going to go get them. Then we're going to go over to the Winchester and drink a couple pints. Like- yeah, it shows them getting a couple pints. Like, there's no zombie apocalypse and the bartender's there and it's just a normal day. Yeah, that was good. Another fun one I liked was um, after they get their stepdad and their mom. Well, uh, Simon Pegg's stepdad and mom. Sean's actually. And they're driving to the Winchester, and they have that really nice, intimate moment between Sean and his stepdad and how he explains how he really did love him. And he was just trying to be an example, and he's apologizing for being so hard on him and so tough on him, but he really wanted a man to look up to and all this stuff. And then he's dead. And so you get this really nice, sweet moment. And then he's like crying, and he's all sad, and he's like, Mom, Dad's dead. And he actually calls him dad instead of, you know, uh, Philip, I think is his name in the movie, the character's name. 
Yeah. And she's, she looks back and she's like, no, he's not. And he's a zombie. And everybody freaks and they slam on the brakes and everybody tries to get out of the car and the child locks are on. And that harkens back to another gag that was earlier in the movie. And then their, uh, Nick Frost character likes all kinds of music and he has some metal jamming. And before he died, he keeps telling him to turn it down and turn it down. And then everybody's out of the car and he's locked. The zombie Philip is locked in the car. And he reaches out and he shuts off the music as a zombie. I thought that was just funny. That was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really didn't like that music. Even no. when he's a zombie, he knows that he doesn't like that music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the character is played by Bill Nighley. Oh, yep. There you go. Yeah, yeah Bill he's Nighy. famous. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Bill Nighy, I think. Because it doesn't have an L. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But, uh. Yeah, man, I, I I enjoyed this movie. And you know what, Matt? Because it's my job. Ask me how I related this to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, Mike, how does Shaun of the Dead, suggested by avid listener Christine, relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Thanks for asking, man. Uh, <laughs> the MCU is uh, so Edgar Wright, the guy who directed and wrote Shaun of the Dead, also wrote Ant Man. Really, I didn't yeah. know that. That's pretty awesome. Now, did he write the sequel that's coming up, Ant Man and Wasp too? Uh, it did not indicate that. No, but uh, I, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And I think there's there's one other minor character who's in there. I think who's in also in the um, Marvel movies, but um, they—he's really barely in it. But uh, yeah, that was the main one. So I was uh, happy to find uh, MCU because this there's not a lot of cast in this, and it, being a British movie, I was I was like, uh oh, am I not going to be able to find out anybody who who uh, was involved with MCU? But nope. Found it pretty easily. So, Mike, that now makes 18 continuous episodes. Well, I guess you would say 17, 16, maybe 15. Because I'm trying to think when we started doing the MCU thing. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember which one we started on. Because I know it wasn't one, two, and three. Because that was all with our former co-host, uh, Seth Marquardt. And episode four, which I believe was your first episode, was Black Panther, so that was an MCU one. I don't yeah. remember. I might have to go back and listen. Anyways, the streak is alive. We have not you have not broken the streak, Mike. It continues. Yeah, I'm I'm working hard. I mean, sometimes it's quite quite hard work to find a movie like uh like like Quiet Place when there's like five actors in it. I was impressed. I was really impressed when you Got that one. That was that was very good. You know, I wasn't impressed with Avengers Infinity War because, you know, you just dropped the ball on that one, Mike. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Since <laughs> it all it is a Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I'll have so, to figure something out for when we do a Marvel Cinematic movie. We'll have to figure out like how it relates. I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to think of something. If you guys suggestions are five or six listeners, write in and let us know. Maybe we should make a Marvel Cinematic movie relate to something. I don't know. Like maybe relate to Full Metal Jacket or I don't know oh, something, something like that. <laughs> uh, what are you doing to me, Matt? I know that's probably too difficult. I'm sorry, Mike. Oh, we'll make it all relate to Star Wars. There you go. If it's a Marvel Cinematic movie, it has to relate to Star Wars. I bet you we could do that one. Oof, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. All right. Well, we'll see. We we have until uh, June to figure it out, right? Or no? Is it July? When does Ant Man and Wasp coming out? Come out? July. Is July? I, th- I, I think July. that's July, like July sixth or so. I think that's the Friday. I don't know why I have June stuck in my head. Yeah, I think um, so. Fourth of July this year is a Wednesday, so I think it comes out in Fourth oh, of July sucks. weekend. Yep, yeah, July sixth. Yep. Yeah, it's scheduled for July July sixth, twenty eighteen. All right, so Mike, Shaun of the Dead. Anything else you want to add about this? fantastic horror comedy no but i mean it is it is probably one of the best better um horror comedy movies um you know like like i think you've already said uh cabin in the woods is is one of my favorite movies oh it's one of my favorite too in in the in the genre of horror it is definitely my favorite because it blends the two together I like a lot of horror movies. I'm not a super huge fan like yourself. I know you enjoy a lot of horror movies, Mike. Um, I don't hate them. I enjoy them. Some of them I think are a little too silly and I laugh at them. I still really just love Cabin in the Woods because it just, it's a lot like Shaun of the Dead. It, it just melts those two genres together seamlessly. Yeah, I thought it was really creative. I loved a lot of about it, and it was interesting to see Thor in it um, before he was Thor, of course. Yeah, and and they had filmed that movie, I guess, years before, and they just held it, and just one day we're like, okay, now we're going to release it. Well, I think it was something to do with the studio and financing and getting the uh, distribution rights. Like, you know, they already had filmed it, and it wasn't a huge big budget movie but it had a little bit behind it but i think they were having a hard time getting a distributor for it because people just didn't believe in it and didn't think it was gonna do well yeah so anyways we need to do that one of these days that that can be one of our legacy casts uh yeah. maybe maybe this summer when we have a couple dry weeks because it feels like almost all the summer blockbusters the big popcorn flicks not all of them again i already pointed out one but i think a lot of them have come and gone now well, we still got Jurassic World That's 2 true. or whatever. And uh, Fallen Kingdom. Jurassic Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, and then we've got the Ant-Man and Wasp, but that might be the last big ones. So we're going to have a lot of weeks in between. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, folks. We are going to go and see movies that are not big name stuff. Maybe stuff that you guys would let roll under the radar and we'll see if we can get you to go see them if they're good we'll let you know maybe they're not good maybe you shouldn't go see them yeah i like watching some of these smaller budget movies sometimes they're very intelligent uh because they don't have a huge budget so there's not a lot of action and they're kind of just smart yeah good writing good acting things like that you know nothing's wrong with that i mean 
uh, example is that one that I did by myself a few weeks ago, uh, Little Pink House. I mean, that movie was fantastic. I know you're, most of our listeners will probably never be able to see that until it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD, but that was a very, very good, well-done, poignant film. Imagine, I imagine uh, that kind of movie would hit the streaming services, because it seems like a lot of the lower-budget movies, they are easier, or I'm not exactly sure what goes on in the background, but a lot of them tend to show up on the... Uh, Amazon Prime Video or or Netflix. Well, and I wonder if like Netflix might have a deal with some of these smaller publishing companies that promote these smaller independent films where they're like, here, here's a bunch of money. And every single time someone hits play on this movie, we'll give you more money. And so that just kind of locks in these smaller films into Netflix, like right off the bat or Amazon, like right off the bat. I think it might be something like that. I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but I would imagine it would be something like that. So they consistently have these films and they're getting these films out there for more audiences. At least that's what I hope it would be. I hope it's not a money grab, but it probably is a money grab. It's Hollywood. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope it's some kind of way to just broaden your platform because a lot of times people won't go to the theater to watch these independent movies, but if it's on a streaming service, eh, I've got a couple hours, maybe I'll watch it. Exactly. And there's a lot of wonderful documentaries on these too. Not oh, just yeah. independent films. I mean, full-on documentaries. There's one that I really would like to do and I've been looking forward to it and I'm still not sure if it's out yet or not. But it's coming to Netflix. Netflix bought it because they really, 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 really wanted it, which I agree with. And it's about a photographer. Um, it's a war photographer specifically. When that comes out, uh, that might be one where we I don't know how we're going to figure it out. But that's one I would definitely like to bring uh, Santos in on or a couple of my other photographer buddies and do a review with you, Mike, on that. Because I think that's going to be a phenomenal documentary. I really do. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. That uh, I would be. I mean, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out what we need to. The technical hurdles of podcasting in different geographic locations. Well, I think with Santos, if I can talk him into it, I'm. I think his recorder. He has a recorder that I envy a lot. It's known as a Zune. He because he does most of his podcasting on the road. He doesn't do it in his house. Sometimes he does. But for the most part, he does it elsewhere. It's a separate recorder. It's amazing. He can put six different people plugged into it and have everybody talking at once. And it records all their individual files, much like what we're doing. So I think there's a way where I could talk him into maybe hooking up a Skype microphone, something. He can record his own audio in his Zoom and then just send me that file and we'll just merge all three of them together. I don't know. We'll see. I need to talk to him and try and figure it out because he doesn't have to come over here because we're going to have to do it through Skype because that's how our system is right now. So he could do it from his house when he has time. We just got to figure out how he can do it and get me the file, basically. But we'll figure it out. It's, you know, we're probably boring our listeners now. So, Mike, yeah. what do you rate Shaun of the Dead? So I rate Shaun of the Dead a four and a half reels out of five, because I really like this movie. This is a fantastic zombie, just, uh, you know, merging the comedy, you know, just a great, great movie. So four and a half. I think that's my highest reel so far, Matt. 
Damn it, Michael, why did you have to steal my number? Because I am definitely doing a four and a half out of five. I think it is I think it is your highest. It's not my highest. I've done four and a half before. Well, it's not like we discuss what we we're gonna rate it. We want to keep our listeners on the toes. Yeah, on the edge of their seats. Yeah. I I love this movie. I think it's a fantastic movie. I truly believe much like the rest of their series, even though they're not quite as good as this one, Hot Fuzz is really close. I definitely think this is one of those movies that you need to go see it. If you have not watched it, go pull it up on Netflix, pull it up on wherever it is, buy the Blu-ray. I'm sure the Blu-ray or the DVD isn't very much now. Go get it and watch this movie. This movie is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Matt, I'm going to bring that up a little bit. So the only thing that uh, is a little bit depressing about our the, the world that we live in now is you either have to buy the movie from like Amazon or or I guess just Amazon. I don't even think Best Buy sells anything anymore. I know they stopped selling music. I think they still sell Blu-rays and DVDs, but I'm not 100% on that. Or I know Walmart does. Yeah, or you've got to buy the the uh, the download from your iTunes or your Amazon. You can buy the download of it. And, or you you have to hope that it'll be on Amazon Prime Video or it'll be on uh, Netflix. I, I, that's about it. So for for me, um, I didn't own Shaun of the Dead. I know it's like a sin, but I didn't own Shaun of the Dead. So um, I still am one of those old school Netflix DVD subscribers. So I also uh, was able to get it from that. But uh, there's not a lot of choices. You know, the Red Box only usually has new stuff. So it has gotten a little bit harder to find some older content unless you download it. Yes and no, Mike. I mean, if you think about it, they took what was near and dear to our hearts growing up in our childhood Hastings and Blockbuster and things like that. And they took the movie rental business and they put it online. And so instead of going to a store and renting a movie or going to Redbox, you just go on Amazon or iTunes or whatever, and you can rent the movie. But I'm sure you will love this movie as much as we do. So you might as well just buy it. That's my my point on it. Yeah, I think it is fairly cheap on Amazon uh, to buy the physical disc. But uh you just have to check, you know, their prices change all the time. So Now, if I am not mistaken, I don't think Shaun of the Dead is on Netflix right now, but I do no. believe... Hot Fuzz is. I was going to say, I do believe Hot Fuzz is. And so that's another really, really good one. It's a good standalone movie. You don't have to see Shaun of the Dead first. It'll help with some of the other jokes and gags they have. But it, go watch Hot Fuzz. It's on Netflix. If you like Hot Fuzz, then go get Shaun of the Dead, because everybody has Netflix. Yes, everyone does have Netflix. And if you don't, you should. Yeah, it's cheap. It's cheap, and the content that they're putting out is great. It really is. Some of their uh, standalone shows and movies, I just finished the uh, Ozarks recently. That was really good. I really enjoyed it. I was apprehensive because I wasn't sure about Jason Bateman as a serious actor. He's more known for his comedic roles, like in Game Night, episode number five. Go listen to that one. That's what he's known for. But I really enjoyed Ozarks. I thought he did a fantastic job in that show. 
Oh, cool. I haven't actually watched Ozarks. Um, I was, I've started, uh, Lost in Space and. Oh, how uh, is that? I really want to lot- watch that. I heard it's good. So far, it's pretty good, but I'm, I've got to say that for being like space people, they don't make a lot of smart decisions, at least in the beginning. I don't want to get into more than that, but that's, that's where I'll leave it. But, uh, so far, I like it. Don't want to spoil it for everybody. Yeah, well, that's not where we're spoiling. We're spoiling Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, and if you haven't seen it by now, well, shame on you. Just shame on you. All right, Matt. Mike, did you ever watch the original Lost in Space? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How does it compare to the uh, original? Um, It's a lot of the essence of it. So it's like the family, space, adventures... But, uh, I, I mean, it's not like a exact copy, which is fine. Oh, yeah, but does it have the same... You know, you don't need an exact com- copy. I mean, but does it have the feeling of the original? I'm still determining if it does or not, but I feel like it kind of does, so... Okay, because, yeah, that's the big thing. When they remake a show, I'm okay with most remakes, but you really got to try and have that feeling... Of that original show that's what warrants it having a remake. Because clearly it's good enough when it was its original. And if you can't add to it or make it better, why do I want to watch it? Right. When you, I got the original. Right. Here we go. Getting off topic again. With that, Matt, I think we should uh, call it a, a show. Call it a wrap. Call it a wrap. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will see you on the next Real Film Nerds podcast. Or we won't see you. You will listen to Mike and I, and you will enjoy it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.